0: I'm communication strategist and educator, Katherine Kellner. Welcome to What the F*** Do I Do With My Hands? A survival guide for public and private communications. Piece by piece, we're bringing you the human skill set the digital curriculum is leaving behind. The nuance and strategy behind face-to-face, person-to-person interaction. In this episode, we will be talking about what we call frame, the structure of the body and stance, the way we use that structure. We will be talking about the standing frame, the sitting frame, as well as how frame interacts with the body's orientation and plane. Frame and stance are closely tied, but here's the core distinction. Stance is a way to use our frame. The frame is the tool and standing, sitting, leaning or reclining are different configurations and uses of that frame. When we go to use our frame, We can choose how to hold it. You may remember being chided by a teacher or a parent about proper posture. Maybe you learned specific ways to hold and rotate your frame for dance or athletic training, the best way to support and play an instrument, etc. It is easy for us to associate a particular stance or posture with an activity, but we tend to be much less mindful of what our bodies do casually throughout the day. It's easy to think of frame and stance as part of a skill set when we apply them to a goal. Keeping that in mind, we can apply the same thoughtful determination to organizing the frame of the body to support our intentions in communication. Each of us has our own default way we place our feet or hold our shoulders when we walk, and a preferred way to place our body seated in a chair or at a desk. We hold our weight across our frame in these positions in a certain way out of habit. But when we understand what weight distribution through our arms, legs, head, and torso communicates to other people, we have the ability to make deliberate choices about how to hold our bodies. This distribution hinges on which part of the frame serves as the base for the weight of the body, and that base won't always be the legs and feet. Your base influences how your body moves and compensates to achieve balance. When we move, Balance shifts around the base, and the relationship between the base and the adjustments made by whatever extends beyond that base, be it a knee, head, torso, elbow, or a hand, is the action of counterbalance. A quick example here. Picture a cartoon bodybuilder type, the kind with a massive muscular torso that shrinks to tiny legs and a narrow stance. The cartoon is amusing because real balance doesn't work that way. When he stands with his feet together, giving his broad upper body a narrow base, it would become a balancing act not to topple over. If the cartoon were a real person, with real weight, in order to counterbalance, he would have to alter the base of his frame to match the top of his frame by widening his stance, moving his feet to sit underneath the shoulders and stand balanced in the whole body. That is counterbalance in a nutshell. The adjustments necessary to put the body back in a balanced state. When our feet and knees are wide apart, our shoulders and torso are naturally inclined to widen and allow for full movement through the arms without compromising our balance atop our base. A naturally counterbalanced frame can be achieved with what we call a basic stance. For some people, this could feel wider than normal, and for others, maybe it's not far off from how they typically stand already. We call it a basic stance because it uses the support and structure of the body to achieve balance in a neutral, natural way, stacking the body vertically and not requiring noticeable muscle strain to keep balance. It may not be the way you naturally stand, but to understand what your natural inclination provides for you and also what challenges it may present, we'll discuss neutral first. Let's begin by exploring how the shifts in your base influence your counterbalance with a couple of exercises. To get a feel for what's happening here, I want you to adjust the frame of your body into a basic stance. Before we get started, a little note. It's important that you start these brief exercises in comfortable clothing and without shoes. Clothing and footwear significantly impact how we are inclined to stand and move. I'll get to that in a moment. For now, Stand barefooted, straight, with your feet pointed forward, under your knees, under your hips, under your shoulders. Again, feet pointed forward, under your knees, under your hips, under your shoulders. As you listen, walk 10 paces in a straight line, trying to keep your feet aligned straight below your knees and in line with your hips, keeping your neck and shoulders relaxed. Pay close attention to the manner in which your arms move in relation to your legs and feet. Notice that the arms swing from the shoulders directly forward and back in the same general pattern of width that your feet maintain when walking. This time, place your feet close together in a narrow stance. As you walk, you will notice a tighter upper body and more constrained arm motion. When the feet are in a narrow stance, the torso will compensate. This is not to say that wide upper body movement isn't possible in a narrow stance. To achieve wide, extended upper body movement when our feet and knees are in tight together, the body has to engage muscles in the core and torso in order to support that upper body movement and full arm extension. In a stance with a narrow base, feet and knees together, our natural inclination is to counterbalance by bringing the arms and torso in tight. In such a configuration, you will find that natural movement and gesture will pin at the elbows instead of extending out from the shoulders or from the back. If you were to repeat this exercise by walking with your toes turned out, you would notice the natural counterbalance of the shoulders as they splay and shift back and the arms as they swing with palms up. If you turn your toes inward, you will notice shoulders curving in and arms swinging across the body as you walk forward. So keeping in mind what it felt like to walk in these frame configurations barefoot and in comfortable clothing, let's now talk about wardrobe and shoe choice. The clothes and shoes we wear influence how we move, how we balance, and affect the shape and angle of our knees, pelvis, and spine. Walking in a wider stance is a lot harder to do in heels and a pencil skirt. The skirt will keep your base narrow and your frame pulled in tight, while slacks and flats will give you a lot of freedom in choosing how you move your frame. Men have an easier time with this, with a casual and work wardrobe that can be more permitting of a range of motion. But men will find that they also move differently in a pair of jeans versus a pair of work slacks, and may use different foot placement and dress shoes than a pair of comfortable sandals. Many times what we dress and walk in results in a variation of body frame and posture. Whatever you wear, keep in mind how that choice is going to affect your movement and your frame throughout the day. We may think a certain style choice will speak volumes to those around us, which can be true. But remember that without the corresponding frame and stance, that fitted dress shirt and slim lined jacket or those high heels can work against us when we need balance and a strong gestured frame to impress those around us. Style, at the cost of a properly balanced frame, may communicate the desired information about taste and trend, but the actions your body must take to compensate for the restrictive nature of such clothing will cause you to communicate a lot of unintended nonverbal information as well. You don't want to leave it up to your communication partner to interpret the meaning of unnatural or uncomfortable movement and gesture that you owe to a figure-tight shirt and pinched toes. I had you begin exploring counterbalance and bare feet to feel and experience the body in balance without the artificial addition of a shoe base. Once we add shoes to our base, we shift the balance of our body to what the shoe dictates. Some shoes are designed to facilitate a more healthy balance by supporting various areas of the foot resulting in a change in posture or gait. But most dress shoes are not designed for this purpose. The majority of men's professional shoes have a low-block heel, which is not interruptive to balance in the body. However, most women's dress and professional shoes are designed with heels and slope that do not facilitate easy balance in the body. When women combine a shoe that has a peg or stiletto-style heel at any height, especially with a skirt or a dress, maintaining a wide, basic stance can feel uncomfortable and awkward, and certainly requires a balancing act. Pegged-heeled shoes do not provide enough surface for the equal distribution of weight across the foot to balance your base evenly, like the balance we experience in bare feet. For all you ladies listening, I can't stress this enough. Block heels. Block heels. Block heels. Flats are best, but not always what decorum dictates. A low-to-medium-height shoe with a block surface to stand balanced on will allow for a strong, balanced stance. I understand the need for a stylish choice, and I hope this episode will also impress you for the need for strong support from your base. A nice pair of block heels can serve you well on both fronts. Don't get the wrong idea. I have high heels in my closet, too. I'm just firmly suggesting that you might save the pegged heels for dinner and a night on the town or a social event. These beautiful styled shoes provide that, style, but do not promote balance. When standing in a basic stance, which again is feet under knees, under hips, under shoulders, it does a few things to the body. It allows the spine to stack vertically and naturally. It encourages the muscles of the upper body to release the shoulders and lift the sternum and pull the top of the skull upward, leveling the chin. A good basic stance supports the structure of the body and encourages the breath to drop into your diaphragm more easily. Each body responds a little differently, and initially your muscle memory will try and hold on to the shape and posture it has been accustomed to. It's worth a little bit of work to develop effective habits. I'd like to take a moment to remind listeners that visual aids for many of the episodes can be found on our website. Spanish, Japanese, and English transcripts are available under the episode title. For those of you who've asked what's coming next from the studio, we're happy to announce that this year we're building something new. A video library is in development to take us beyond our lectures on fundamentals. You can find the resources for this series at humancommunicationstudio.com podcasts. Even without speaking a word, your stance can effectively communicate information to an observer. And even if you've never really thought about it, you intuit quite a lot from the frame configurations of others already. Depending on your stance, your body can appear more imposing, or it can appear slight and reserved. Some stances appear approachable. Some appear timid. Some can appear aggressive or intimidating. The combination of body frame, orientation, and plane are endless, and the resulting communication that occurs from the body can also depend on other factors as well. But for this episode, Let's take the time to put together some possible combinations of body frame, orientation, and plane, and see the possible effect in our communications. You may want to stand and position yourself in the configurations as I quickly discuss them. A basic to wide stance can send a message of confidence and security, but can also send a message of aggression or power. A wide stance is slightly wider than your basic stance, feet, under knees, under hips. Couple that with your orientation full front, and your body will communicate more presence and confidence. In this configuration, you can step back in plane to maintain power, but lessen intensity. It won't be appropriate to always be wide and full front. In order to scale that back and bring in subtlety, you will have to work in combinations of full-front, quarter-turn, even profile, adjusting between wider and narrower stances. Full-front, with a basic stance, will always exude confidence and security, but not always approachability. If you have a stern, intense face and physique, the combination of these two positions may be too much. But if you have a kind, softer demeanor, your full-on basic stance and full-front may be what is needed to make a stronger impression. A wide stance in a quarter turn can make you charming and sympathetic, even charismatic, but you would have to shift to full front and lean across a plane forward to lend the power and the aspect necessary to hammer home the significance of a statement or a claim. Now, let's explore a narrow stance. A narrower or pulled-in base at the feet and knees can present the body as passive or non-threatening, even in a full-front orientation, but can also send the message of compliance or deferment when changing your plane back and away. Combine that narrow base with a quarter turn, and that passive, non-threatening demeanor can become soft and vulnerable, but also kind and empathetic, especially when crossing plane forward. Remember, there are other factors at play as well. Who you are, your physical body and facial expressions, the circumstances of an interaction and choice of words all contribute to a range of responses and interact with specific ways you hold your frame, either by habit or consciously. Once you have an understanding of the range of the body's frame, then the conscious practice and awareness of setting your stance or sitting in a chair in a particular way can support your body in balance, liberate gesture, and ultimately communicate more effectively even when you're listening. So what about when we aren't standing up? Our leg and foot and pelvic positioning determine the base when seated. The points of the body that are in contact with the chair are your sitting bones, and this is the base from which the rest of the body balances and extends gesture. Think of sitting at a desk across from a boss or a business partner, two feet flat on the ground orientation full front with knees wide sends a much different message from one leg crossed over the other, leaned back against the seat back with your torso in a quarter turn. When you want to be perceived as powerful and confident by your communication partner and you are in a seated position, you still want the power and confidence that comes from a wide full front approach with a wide foot and knee base. But if you are the one receiving the idea, and you need the personal space to consider what is being put before you, you may opt for a slightly closed quarter turn and a narrower base with a crossed leg so as not to receive the full force of energy from a full-front conversational partner. Sitting with a narrow base with your feet and knees together in a quarter turn can come off as deferential, but it can also have the effect of establishing a clear boundary, demonstrating that you are available to but not yet committed to an idea. Some of this is pretty simple, and some pieces are a little more complex. Just remember that there is always a reason and a function behind even the simplest of social cues. Although we've gone over a lot of information here, the concept of frame is really quite intuitive. I encourage you to play around with using different stances and frame configurations before listening to the next episode so that you can associate a feeling Recognize your own patterns with some of the more technical descriptions that we've covered here. In our remaining episodes this season, we will build on our use of frame and stance. The structure of the body can be used to support many of your other communicative systems. How you hold your weight and balance across your body's frame will have effect on your mobility and your gesture and will impact what others sense and see when interacting with you. On our next episode, we'll be talking about levels and horizontals, how variations in vertical height and spatial differences across a line change the composition of an interaction. Here are the key ideas to remember from this episode. How you hold your frame, the structure of your body, while standing or sitting will affect your communication. Your body will always balance around its base. How you position your base determines what you must do with the upper body to achieve balance. A strong basic stance, feet under knees, under hips, under shoulders, will allow for natural balance, improved posture, a more open chest, and will facilitate diaphragmatic breathing. It's a good frame configuration to start with as you discover what adjustments are best for your own body. Remember that the clothing you choose will affect your movement and balance throughout the day. Keep in mind that certain tailored styles and footwear can limit you in frame choice. Make informed wardrobe choices before events and activities where your ability to communicate effectively is important. Orientation and plane interact with stance and frame to create more complex physical communication. As with everything else we've talked about, there is no singular way to stand or hold frame, but depending on the situation, Certain configurations are more helpful in communicating. Frame and stance allow you to have nonverbal dialogue, and the range of your body's motion and positioning, in concert with orientation and plane, should be treated as a physical vocabulary. What the F*** Do I Do With My Hands is written and produced by me, Katherine Kellner, and our team at the Human Communication Studio. Audio is mixed by Pete Gonzalez. Our music was composed by Jake Sorgan. Japanese translations by Minami Yamauchi Espinosa. Spanish translation by Noemi Salazar Mata. Leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show your support for this series. When we're not working hard to record free material, our office is available for contract. For speaking engagements, group lectures, office education, and private strategic consulting, you can contact us at info at Thanks for listening. It's my privilege to share this work with you.